It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Hello, Bengals fans. It is almost July, which means the month of training camp is almost upon us. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and James Rapine's favorite protein bar literally on the planet. He's currently on vacation in Michigan with his family. And sorry if that's too much personal information to give away, James, but I know you took your Built Bars with you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. For today's show, James... We are going to talk about the fact that Joe Burrow has, in fact, been working out, which, to me, wasn't terribly clear. Like, I didn't know what he was doing. So the Bengals.com piece highlighting his work ethic, highlighting what he's been doing in Athens, Ohio, was nice for me to read. Then we'll head over to another Bengals.com article where a panel of Bengals writers talked about their potential breakout players for the 2020 season. And finally... We'll head over to Connor Orr's piece on SI.com, highlighting 32 underrated players on 32 different NFL teams. But let's get started with the Joe Burrow workouts in Athens, Ohio. While Jimmy Burrow is enjoying family time, Joe Burrow is working out with the Lerman twins, the wide receivers at Athens High School that turned into tight ends at Ohio University. And for me, James, what I take away from this piece is We've been wondering, when is that A.J. Green, Joe Burrow workout going to happen? Is it going to happen before training camp, reportedly going to be for rookies, reporting July 20th? But this piece says that's not set in stone yet. But it is heartening for me to see he's practicing the mental reps, and there are physical reps, and he's, he's working with his high school coach, he's working with former teammates, getting out there once or twice a week, according to this Bengals.com piece. It's good to see because uh, as much as we can assume that he's doing the necessary things and we've heard about the Zoom calls and the success that he's had uh, learning the playbook, you want details, right? I mean, that's something during this this offseason we've all gotten less of from fans to media. We we haven't had the access uh, or the the details about the offseason that we would normally have. So it's it's good to hear that he's out there, that he's on the field, that he's working. And does it matter much? I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't really know how much uh, an in-person workout with A.J. Green and Boyd uh, would matter. But I think everybody wants it. So we'll see if that happens. But I, I do think it, it is good to, to have some details uh, and get a little insight on what Burrow's been doing over the past few months. 
And I think everybody also wants to see Joe Burrow in Bengals gear, throwing to players wearing Bengals gear. And at least we're getting half of that because according to Adam Lerman, again, the high school teammate, now tight end, apparently potentially a pro prospect in next year's draft if we get there through what's happening in the world right now. He says he's coming up to these workouts wearing decked out in the stuff that the Bengals have sent him, which is great for everyone to see from Colin Cowherd all the way down to the reasonable Bengals fan who knew he was always going to play for Cincinnati if the Bengals drafted him. It's it's also interesting to see his high school coach talk about the maturation of Joe Burrow saying, you know, when Joe was in high school, we used as few words as possible. It's a far cry from when Joe was in high school. White says we were more focused on running plays as fast as we could and go up tempo. It's amazing how wordy some of the stuff is. It's a different ball game at that level. And that sort of quote along with what we've heard from Brian Callahan and Dan Pitcher about his work ethic, his preparation, his mental processing paints a picture of as successful as you could hope for in this virtual offseason for a rookie quarterback. And we knew Joe would embrace being a Bengal and put in the time and the effort. But again, it's good to see some substance on it, right? And get get an idea of what he's doing and how he's doing it. I, I think back to the draft night, and one of my big takeaways from draft night was how committed Joe wanted to be to his body, right? He, he was talking about how his mom was the one that had to cook him meals, but he couldn't wait to get a chef. Because he wanted to to put on good weight, build muscle, and, and he was doing everything he could uh, to do that. So this offers uh, a little bit of the of detail on the the on field and about the the on field stuff that he's worked on. Because whether we like it or not, there will be an adjust, an adjustment period for Joe Burrow. He will have some struggles this year, and you want to make sure he does everything he can to not only mitigate those, but be as prepared as possible. And, and I, I think that this is just a, another example of seeing that Burrow is going to do what he needs to do to put himself in a position to succeed this season. Both Burrow's high school coach and the guys he's throwing to have been impressed with his acumen and his knowledge of the Bengals' offense. Adam Lerman told Bengals.com that Joe Burrow seems to like the Bengals offense and he's picking it up and they've asked him about his favorite plays. And so none of this is new. It is nice to hear, you know, a secondhand report that Burrow likes what they're working on for him. And he's also been able to explain the Bengals terminology to his former high school teammates. So that's good practice in a lot of ways. It demonstrates solid learning and, I think that being able to put that into practice on the field in some capacity, even if it isn't with other Bengals players, is an important step for Joe Burrow to hit the ground running when he hopefully arrives to Paul Brown Stadium on July 20th. The Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice, and that's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. In the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all host donations up to $10,000. Make your own donation along with us. Please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Today's episode, as I mentioned, is brought to you by Built Bar James. I know you brought your Built Bars with you on this little hiatus you're taking. Not hiatus. Sojourn? What's the word? Trip? <laughs> I don't know. How many Built Bars did you bring with you for this trip? 
Oh, how many over a box? Because it was it was easy. I, I told you guys that I had ordered multiple boxes with fifty percent off at builtbar.com. Took advantage of that. The boxes came, and I just threw them into the car and drove them up to Michigan. So, um, yeah, look the the chocolate the mint chocolate brownie is my favorite, but they have sixteen different flavors, and they have something for everybody. Built bars. Low macros and all the things that you don't want to ingest, right? You don't want a lot of sugar. Well, they don't have a lot of sugar. They use real chocolate, and they're packed with protein. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You save $10 off your first order and enjoy Built Bar. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's keep things rolling here on the Locked on Bengals podcast with a conversation about a potential Bengals breakout star. They did this on Bengals.com as Jeff Hobson, Dan Horde, Michael LaPlaca, and Dave Lapham gave their picks, Jake, for the Bengals' potential breakout star this season. I like Dan Horde's pick the most. Uh, was there anything surprising about this? Though I guess I should go down the list. Dan Horde had wide receiver John Ross. Dave Lapham had linebackers Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither. Then Michael LaPlaca had cornerback Darius Phillips. And Jeff Hobson had guard Michael Jordan. Anything surprise you about this list, Jake? Michael Jordan stands out to me as a bold pick, let's say. Jeff Hobson writes that he had a good start to his rookie campaign. I don't agree. He writes that he had a strong finish to his rookie campaign. That's probably fair, but it took him a while to get there. And when he did play well, given it was against NFL players, and you have to give some credit there, it wasn't against the caliber of players that he struggled with early in the year. So he is young, and that's a fair point. I would love it if Michael Jordan is a breakout star on that Bengals offensive line that needs some stability, because if he is, then you have Jonah Williams, who everyone is expecting to be solid at left tackle. And Michael Jordan on the left side, Trey Hopkins in the middle. From center to left tackle, you feel okay about that. If if Michael Jordan is a breakout left guard and they just figure out the right side, well, that's a lot better than it was last year. So Michael Jordan, I feel like, is a very bold pick. And my favorite pick out of all of these, unlike your John Ross uh, continued, what's the word? Uh fandom and, and I get it like there's there's a lot to like there right I'm not knocking John Ross but for me it's it's Darius Phillips and this one if he gets on the field I could totally see it but then as LaPlaca points out the path to getting him on the field is going to be challenging it absolutely is I mean when you pay Trey Waynes or sign up to pay Trey Waynes 42 million dollars over the next three years uh, you, you have a guy in William Jackson the third who you hope plays his way into a big money deal, uh, long-term deal in Cincinnati this season. And then Mackenzie Alexander, who I think a lot of people view as uh, such a, a value signing at $4 million for one season. 
But long term, I totally get it with Phillips because if Phillips can prove himself and finds his way into playing time and, and finds his way into being a, a legitimate starting cornerback in the NFL, then you're not as worried about that position because corner's pretty thin after this season, right? You have Trey Wayne's under contract. You got Phillips. What what else? You know, it's it's a lot of of question marks beyond 2020. And if Phillips could could step up and be that guy, and by the way, he obviously he he has special teams talent. We know that as a returner. Uh, I, I think it could uh, give the Bengals some clarity when it comes to that secondary long term. I just I think when he was on the field, he was so good. He produced mm-hmm. so much. He he got burned like a couple of times, but for a guy in his second season, he was very very good. And I wanted to see him play more late down the stretch last year. And when he was in, you know, he had crazy interception production. He he has great ball skills. That's terribly apparent. And, and Lou Anarumo said in February, as LaPlaca points out, ball skills is a God-given ability. You can get players to lock it down, but there are two parts, tracking it and catching it. Some guys can catch it, but they get lost when it's in the air. And that isn't the case for Darius Phillips. He was great at playing the ball in the air. And it's, it is interesting, James, the cornerback room in general, because they bring in all these guys this offseason. Winston Rose from the CFL, LaShawn Sims, a, a down-the-depth chart kind of guy. The waiver claim from Green Bay, Tony Brown. You still got Brandon Wilson, who can mix it up at different positions if you have to have him do that. So there's just a lot of guys. Greg Maben, forgot about him, Call, uh, uh, came up mid-season last year, street free agent. So the number of guys they have is very high. Torrey Retire. I found another one that, that we haven't mentioned yet, right? So the the, the <laughs> amount of players in the cornerback room is very high, and we'll have to see if any of them shake out. There's obviously going to have to be a lot of cuts here with, with Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander being big signings. But I just, I, I like the potential from Darius Phillips a lot. And I would like to see them continue to find ways to get them on the field. It's hard to, to debate with you there, and, and I'm not going to. I, I do think that the most shocking thing of this list is what Dave Lapham said. And I, I think everyone holds Lapham in high regard. And the fact that he chose two rookies, linebacker Logan Wilson and fellow rookie linebacker Akeem Davis-Gaither, as his breakout players, I think it says two things. One – he feels really good about those guys, and he knows the Bengals really like those guys. And two, how bad the Bengals linebackers have been so long that he thinks rookies, and I, I get it, they are really talented rookies, but small school rookies from Wyoming and Appalachian State can come in and make an immediate impact in the NFL. I think that's uh, that's pretty telling. It's It's interesting, right? Because for me, I don't even consider rookies when I'm going through and thinking about breakout players because you know rookies are, are, are rookies you, you you don't break out your rookie season because like who goes from obscurity to breakout as a rookie it does happen uh Dre Greenlaw for San Francisco last year nobody was thinking about him fifth round pick and he was one of the best rookie linebackers in the NFL last year he was pretty good for San Francisco uh mm-hmm. I think that there's this narrative forming on Bengals.com right now that that's likening these rookie linebackers to Takeo Spikes and Brian Simmons. It started with the Brian Simmons <laughs> thing last week, talking to Akeem Davis Gaither and, and the piece that, that Jeff Hobson did about that. 
And I don't know if I see those parallels, right? Like Takeo Spikes and Brian Simmons were both first round picks in 1998. But Mark Duffner's here and Mark Duffner was there in 1998. So you got that going. Al Golden's here. And we need to talk, James, about Al Golden one of these days. It's something that one of our listeners has asked about. He wants us to do a, a profile on how Al Golden can help us get these linebackers up to speed. But anyway, is this fair to a third and fourth round pick given top of third, top of fourth round? I ta- I've talked about fairness a lot when it comes to expectations. And uh, I think that what, what fans need to keep in mind for all of these rookies is that there is a rookie learning curve in the NFL for most players. Most linebackers don't come in and play like Darius Leonard or Luke Keekley in their rookie year, right? Most players take a year. Roquan Smith was a great linebacker prospect. He took some time. Same for the Devons in, in 2019. So I, I think that that is perspective that is important to keep for Bengals fans looking for this linebacker unit to be better in 2020. I also think it's telling about a guy they drafted last year. Why isn't Jermaine Pratt predicted to be the breakout the breakout star? If you're going to pick a linebacker, right, you would you would assume it would be the guy who's entering year two uh, of his NFL career. So I, I do think that there's there's something there too. Um, yeah, I, I think that you can't expect Logan Wilson to be this stud right away. I just I, I'm not there yet. Now, now maybe he does, maybe he shines, but I'm not expecting that. I'm not expecting uh, Akeem Davis Gaither to be this star right away. But the Bengals took multiple swings at linebacker. I think they do like Jermaine Pratt, and then you mix in Josh Bynes, who I think from weeks like one through probably eight is, is going to be play a, a bigger role than maybe he does later in the year, uh, assuming that these guys develop the young guys. And, and you, you feel better about the linebacker room. But I, I'm not expecting either one of these guys to break out. And, and really, Jake, I, I would – I'd probably have Pratt ahead of both of them as far as a, a breakout star in the linebacker room. I'd probably go with Jermaine Pratt because he's been there, done that last year. And I'm sure he's going to be much more ready for what uh, an NFL season uh, – to take on an NFL season and, and have success this year. It is strange. I agree with you that that Lapham doesn't go to Jermaine Pratt because I think I agree with you. You would you would expect that Jermaine Pratt would would be the guy, and and I think that I am also in agreement with you that I would expect him to be a breakout player instead of those other couple linebackers. The other guy on the list, James, your guy, John Ross. We talked about John Ross a ton this off season. And uh, if he's on the field, if he can get snaps, if he can fit in this offense and stay healthy, I can certainly see it. But I I also think that, like all these guys, there's question marks around it, right? T. Higgins on the team now. Auden Tate having a bit of a breakout year last year, which we'll get to in our next segment, actually. Uh, so, So, yeah, you could see it for John Ross, but a lot of stuff would have to go right for him to get there. I think he just has to stay healthy because Ross, unlike a, a lot of these other guys, right? Like green's going to get his volume. If he's healthy, if he's out on the field, he's going to get probably 10 to 12 targets a week. Boyd, same thing. Cause he's a safety valve. Um, T Higgins, he's a rookie as well. And, and I, I think that they will uh, bring him along, uh, but in his role will, will probably expand throughout the year, especially if there's injuries, which obviously there has been in that room. 
Um, and then you mentioned on Tate, we'll talk about him again, but Ross brings something. These other guys don't. And I think that he, he could have four targets a week or six targets a week, right? Nothing crazy and have a big impact on the game. And I, I think that's, that's sort of the difference with him. And, and I think if you pair him with a guy like Joe Burrow and Ross can stay healthy, he can make a, an impact, a, a, a significant one. So I like that Dan Horde picked him here. I also love that Dan Horde used a quote that, that Ross told me. I'm selfishly excited that that's up on Bengals.com, so shout out there. And uh, and we'll see if it happens. Here, here's the thing. I don't get the people that root against John, and a lot do. They just root against him from day one. I remember so many people say, oh, he, he's a bust. I can't believe they picked him. I don't get those people. And especially now, if you want Joe Burrow to succeed, you want the speedy wide receiver that was a top 10 pick in 2017 to be on the field to make life easier on Joe Burrow. So hopefully that happens. Absolutely with you there. I do hope, I hope that John Ross is the deep threat, that they can find ways to get him used in the screen game on reverses, whatever it is, places where he thrived at Washington. If you go over to PFF's page, I think, maybe PFF Cincinnati, they have uh, a highlight reel of John Ross's highest graded plays from Washington. You can get a feel for how he's using it. It's in those ways. I still want to see him running those uh, Brandon Cooks deep crossers that, that we saw in the LA offense. And we haven't really seen enough of that from John Ross, in my opinion, in the Zach Taylor Bengals offense. Coming up, we'll talk about Auden Tate as Connor Orr from SI.com has tabbed him as the Bengals' most underrated player as he went through all 32 teams and found underappreciated players you know, not quarterbacks, not the flashy guys, but the, the guys that do the work. We'll get to that next. Before then, speaking of getting to work, James, if you have some car work to do, you should head over to rockauto.com. Convenient, self-service, all the car parts, all the car body parts that you could ever need. Tons of manufacturer choices, everything from complicated stuff i'm not a car guy but i'm assuming this is complicated stuff engine control modules that sounds like something that's pretty important to simple stuff (laughs) like motor oil or new carpet whether it's for a car you've been working on for a while or your daily driver everything you need and a few easy clicks will be delivered right to your door over 300 manufacturers it doesn't matter if you drive a chevy a Honda, an Audi, or an AM General, or an Austin Healey. It doesn't matter what the, the brand is. They're going to have it for you. So instead of going to the big box store and having to put on a mask and get leave your home, shop from the convenience of your own home. Uh, the same way we're doing right now, you could do that, rockauto.com. Check it out. There's something for your car. If you need a, to, to make a fix, Go to rockauto.com, save time, and save money. If you do go over to rockauto.com, do make sure that you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's keep the wide receiver conversation going with something that Sports Illustrated wrote. No, it wasn't me, but national writer Connor Orr named a underrated player for all 32 NFL teams and or wrote that Auden Tate is the Bengals most underrated player, which when you look at that wide receiver room, it's pretty deep. And he's probably the fifth wide receiver uh, or the fifth wide receiver on the Bengals depth chart um, or did write, by the way, Jake, that he was tempted to put Darius Phillips there, which I, I think that you might might like but uh Auden Tate I'm, I'm not going to argue with this one because I do think Auden Tate one he's overachieved for what I thought when he was coming out of Florida State but he was pretty good last year and he didn't have good quarterback play when I think of Auden Tate in 2019 I think of a guy who's diving uh for balls that are off target and and making crazy catches that uh didn't have to be as crazy if the the ball would have been more accurate yeah, I, I actually had this question about Auden Tate last year when, when we were watching him is why are why are they all circus catches? Is it Auden Tate or is it the throws? And I still don't know definitively what the answer is to that. But this is actually really cool because of the amount of stats that Connor uses to back this up. So he talks about Darius Phillips says 37% opposing completion percentage on a handful of heavily targeted appearances. That's why he's an honorable mention. I mean, that's incredible. Talk about the solid play on the field. He's only giving up 37% completions on targets into his coverage, plus the interception production. Man, I, I'm remembering how good Darius Phillips was last year. And I, I just, we'll talk about on tape, but man, do I hope he gets on the field. So on tape, uh, he, he points out that he's good as a blocker, which is true. He's a big guy. Uh, I remember talking to on Tate after a game earlier in the season, early in the season last year. And he got called for a holding penalty that brought back a really big run, maybe a touchdown run in week three or week four. And we were talking to him about it because he's known as a good blocker. He said he takes pride in his blocking. We asked him, does that does that change the way you block? Because he didn't hold on the play. He got hold, called for a phantom hold. He's like, yeah, it does. So anyway, th- that that's unrelated to him being a good blocker because he is. But Connor recognizes that. And then he talks about the catch rate not being very good, 50%. But when he did get the ball, he had a plus rated yards after catch against expected yards after catch. So using that big body to get those yards after catch. And I don't think of on Tate as a yards after catch kind of guy. But if that's part of his game now, great. That, that adds to the big frame and the ability to high point and box out. It absolutely does. And you're right. I, I don't think of him as a, a big yak guy. Not even a, a little bit. I, when... When I think of Auden Tate, I think of a, a guy who can't get any separation and still somehow manages to manages to make the catch, um, which and that's not a knock on him. And, and I do think he does get some separation, but you get my point. He's not fast. Uh, with that said, though, we always talk and we talked about last segment about John Ross and, and, and how he could thrive with Burrow. And we've talked a lot about that this offseason. Auden Tate to me is a guy that Burrow is probably going to love because Burrow is extremely accurate, right? Pinpoint accuracy is something uh, that he's been praised for uh, by virtually everybody over the past eight, nine months. Well, Auden Tate's a guy that 
only needs, you know, just a, a little bit of space. And then he uses that big body, like you mentioned, and, and can make tough catches in traffic. He's not afraid to go up for the ball. So to me, it, it wouldn't shock me at all if Auden Tate's one of those guys that Burrow has a lot of confidence in, especially early on in the year because of his ability to go up, get the ball, and be more physical than than defensive backs that are guarding him. Especially because he's throwing to these guys that are built like Auden Tate out in Athens, Ohio. The other thing about this piece from Connor Orr that's going to maybe grind some Bengals fans' gears, as Peter Griffin might say, is that he starts the paragraph by saying, this is a difficult one seeing as the Bengals were very properly rated as a unit and their best players outside of Carlos Dunlap were brought in during a miniature offseason spending spree. So how many things about that are going to piss off Bengals fans? For one, <laughs> they're going to be mad that they were properly rated as, as a terrible unit because that's what that's what the, that's how they were rated. Two, you have them saying, you have Connor saying Carlos Dunlap was the best player on the team, which... He was in the last eight games of the season, but you're going to have some Bengals fans that are going to say, what about Geno Atkins? What about Joe Mixon? What about AJ Green? What about Tyler Boyd? And then the last thing, all in one sentence, by the way, miniature offseason spending spree. Miniature. I mean, miniature? What? I, I, I think that uh, that's just comical to me. The, the whole sentence put together is just a surefire way to unintentionally piss off Bengals fans that are going to read into every word written about their favorite team. Yeah, there was nothing miniature about the Bengals offseason. Let's let's be honest here. Heck, I remember coming on with you, Jake, uh, on this podcast last year, and it, and it was just us one-on-one, and we were talking about the direction the organization needed to go. And one thing that they had to do was go out in free agency, be aggressive, and add players. Just period. They had to. And then obviously Joe Burrow and we talked about quarterbacks and all that stuff. Well, they did all that. Now, yeah. do we want them to go out and add another lineman or do this? Or do that? Yeah, fine. But for the most part, they've done a lot of what I think they needed to do to get back on track moving forward. That doesn't mean they're going to win 10 games this year. But I'm pretty pleased with the Bengals offseason. And I wouldn't call it miniature. I think that's that's just silly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting choice of adjective to use when describing how much money the Bengals spent. Also, they spent money on a really large human in DJ Reader, who, by the way, did participate in the Von Miller uh, virtual pass rushing summit uh, recently. I'm not sure when exactly that was, but he was in the Zoom call taking in the pass rushing tips from Von Miller. So I want to see DJ Reader in a two-point stance at strong linebacker, see him rushing the passer like Von Miller this year. See if he can put that put that to use. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. James will be back with a solo show for you Tuesday night, Wednesday. Uh, it's my birthday, and so I'm taking the day off. And then I will be back Thursday, Friday. And then we're into July, so we're going to have to have a conversation, James, about our schedule going forward as the Bengals reportedly – or, or if things hold, we'll have rookies in training camp in just one, two, three, four weeks. Until then, Bengals fans, who day, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.